0: Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, a weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene. Commencing in July 2021, This Week in Craft Beer will be offering meticulously curated craft beer experiences to the world's most exciting craft beer destinations, in partnership with some of the UK's leading craft breweries. Please visit our website for more details at thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters John Stevens, Peter Corrigan, Angela Peterson, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Becky Bentley White, Alex Possels, Berkshire Beer Box, and Ryan Charlton. Hi, it's Rob. It's something a bit different for you today. This is a conversation with my friend and fellow podcast host Mark Peacock. Mark is based in Chicago and has been publishing his popular Travel Commons podcast since 2005. Mark and I both have two obsessions, travel and craft beer, and I've been listening to his show since the very early days. Whilst Mark's podcast is more about the travel than the craft beer, he's deeply knowledgeable about the US craft beer scene in particular, and like me, he's always planning his next exciting craft beer trip. Listen in for a deep dive discussion about how we each plan our taproom travel with lots of anecdotes about some of the more memorable experiences we've had along the way. If you enjoy the conversation, I hope you consider subscribing to Mark's podcast, which you can find by searching for Travel Commons on all the popular podcast platforms. I'd like to talk about how I got into podcasting, and you were one of the inspirations for me to start podcasting. In fact, I've been listening to your podcast for at least a decade. I don't exactly know (laughs) quite when, but probably 12 or 13 years, yeah. (laughs) And so definitely when we met in Chicago two or three years ago, that definitely inspired me to start thinking about it. It still took me a couple of years to get my finger out and actually do something about it. But, (laughs) but that was set me on the road at least. And I, the fact that I've listened to podcasts for so long, obviously means it really appeals to me. It's one of those
1: things where, I mean, I would work and I started writing and then I was actually writing for a couple of small alternative newspapers, just like columns and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then they, closed or there was an editorial change that they moved mm. and stuff like that. And so I was still jotting stuff down. I had this like little Molstein notebook that I would, yep. yeah. you know, I would just jot stories down in. And I had enough of them. I was about, and this was, was this like 2004, 2005? I was about ready mm. to start a blog and just like, because that was when blogging was like really hit. And I was about ready to start to do that, to like convert some of this stuff. And then that's when podcasting just First started to float up and I had done radio broadcasting when I was in high school in Memphis. And so I was kind of used to that. And so that, so I just thought about this, like, oh, okay, well, I've got this stuff. I got these stories. Let me go start to play this. And that's how it came together. And, you know, it's funny, we talk about your like taking that next level down and being not analytical about it, but being thoughtful about it. And I guess that was always the thing from a travel standpoint, because I was doing so much damn travel, because I would, you know, from a consulting standpoint, Christ, I mean, I would be, you know, there were some times where I counted the weeks that I traveled. And there were like maybe six, there were some years that there were like six or seven weeks in a year that I did not travel. And so other than that, I was traveling. And so you do all that and eventually you just start thinking about it. And again, it was just sort of like, okay, well, I could just bitch and moan, which I do. But I was just trying to be, there are two things. Number one, you get a lot of stories just by osmosis, just by doing it. And then just trying to be thoughtful about it around, okay, well, let me think about this. And what do I think about it? And that's more than anything, that's how it came out. It lets me be a little bit more thoughtful.
0: I found your I can remember the guy that referred me to podcasting. So let's start with that. So I think in 2007, I was, working, so I've, I've worked in the software industry for 30 years and and I've traveled for 30 years, been based in the UK, mostly traveling into Western Europe, mostly working for American software companies. So traveling mm-hmm. most weeks with an international sales director. So, so I've lived the same life that you yeah. Have lived but from a european base and in 2007 i was working for a guy who i can distinctly remember the conversation he said i I'd listen to these podcasts you know and he told me what it was and i think oh, that's really interesting so so i i think at the time i think i had an ipod um not an ipod touch i think i had an ipod nano or wheel. mini yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Mini. And they didn't oh, have a click oh, wheel. Yeah. It, it was a smaller form factor than that so not oh, the yeah. big but like it was like a almost like big just a bit bigger than a packet of gum or something but but that oh, that, that, yeah. that kind of yeah, yeah. That little white stick. It was uh, black was the one that I had, but oh. yeah, that, but quite thin. And so that was yeah. the first device I had. You had to download the podcast into iTunes and then transfer them over manually mm. onto your device. Yeah. It was a real pain in the ass. But I found your podcast pretty quickly. So I can remember two podcasts in those early days it was This Week in Tech, obviously mm-hmm. Leroy Laporte, yeah. which is still going strong, who I plagiarized the name of our company from this week, craft beer. But and I found your podcast pretty shortly after that, I think. And, and I've listened to it ever since. And so you were basically the only person that was living the same life that I was, basically. <laughs> so. As I can see, you know, we, we just you lived in airports and hotels and rental car lots and eating in restaurants on your own and moaning about things that nobody else cared about. That
1: was, <laughs> right, podcast that was but, for That's me. a good <laughs> description. I may I may steal that. Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> you know, and it was great. And so you will listen to it today. So that was cool. And, and I reached out to you a few times times various different yeah. topics and whatever and, and then finally I think when I came over to Chicago with Jim and Drew was that yeah I don't know, maybe it was 20,
1: 2018
0: might have been late summer of 2018 anyway and so we met up and had you know, a few good beers you took me to Goose Island I'm sure I'll get over that eventually but <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lovely place you're never going to forgive you but it was still yeah. it was nice I must admit <laughs> but <laughs> the point is Speaking to you, that gave me the thought that this is an ordinary guy and he's run the podcast. You know, there's <laughs> no he's disrespect guy, into, yeah. intended at all. Yeah, but I, I figure that, you know, yeah, that, that, that sort of set the seed in my mind that I finally actually did something about last summer and, and got my own podcast off the ground. So I definitely owe you at least part of that inspiration that I've got my own podcast going and hope to get back to the day where I'm traveling as much as I was so that the advice on your podcast is relevant to me. I, I yeah. listen to it now just for the reminiscence of it, you know, and the kind of guy. <laughs> I, I can remember those days, but.
1: <laughs> oh my god, no, that's great. So yeah, so tap room tourism—that was the thought, as and especially coming out yeah. of San Diego. Oh my god, there was a PDF I pulled up. I downloaded. It was a brewery map and a tamper map from like the San Diego know, Brewers Association, whatever. And you just looked at it, it's like, oh my God, this is this could be tough. And so <laughs> it was one of those like planning ended up being, all right, there's just so many. It's like, I picked hmm. off a few that I found were interesting. And then everything else was like, okay, what's near where I'm staying? And there's still didn't get to all of those. So it's, no, like, no. You know, anyway.
0: Fantastic.
1: First thing that I got thinking about was, why don't we go and search out tap rooms brewery tap rooms as opposed to just going like okay well what's a what's a cool beer bar or something like that Mm -hmm. right so what were your thoughts on
0: that well it's just you want to be drinking at the source i think is the first point so it's just in terms of freshness and quite frankly value for money but also variety and if i can sit and chat to the brewer while i'm drinking their beer then so much the better so first of all, there's
1: more selection. And especially mm. if you want to go past the usual suspects. So if you want to go mm. past the, the usual IPAs, and maybe random stouts and stuff like that. Yep. And the light wheat that they'll put on to, to keep the non-beer drinkers happy. Um, <laughs> if you want to get past that and you want to see where that brewer is stretching their muscles a little bit.
0: Yeah. Then what, what, you're right, you got to go what to the because
1: nobody else is going to oh. take it,
0: right? Absolutely right. Yeah. 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 And
1: to your point also, I think that from a cost standpoint, you're going to be able to do then blights or, or at least small pours and stuff like that. Yes. Which means you're probably also going to be more willing to try the wacky beer. Um, exactly. You've only got like five ounces of it or something like that. You're much more willing to do that than oh, getting 12 or 16 and then like risking a drain pour, right?
0: Yep, definitely. I want to taste every single beer. Mm-hmm. In the tap room, if I can, if I've got time. And <laughs> I <laughs> will I tell you them. that
1: that modern in San Diego, modern times, mm-hmm. like just the list on that thing. And again, everybody's nobody's putting them up the boards, right? They're all QR codes as you sit yeah. down and you just like hit the QR code. But that list, I just looked at it, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, there, there's something to be said for that though, too, is that if you're going with a couple of folks, Mm -hmm. then if you've got that big of a list, then people can split it up and go after different pieces of it. And and then somebody says, oh, this one.
0: Yeah, this is the best example of the the IPA. But I think it's just another aspect to consider as well is I just like the atmosphere in tap rooms. I like the fact that they can be a bit rough and ready. And some of them are super slick and fabulously well fitted out. And others them are literally some barrels, empty pallets or whatever. It's just that there's a complete extremes of decor, but they're always charming in their own way and mostly not at all pretentious. And I just like being in the brewery. There's something about being at a brewery that pleases me, even if I'm not drinking, to be honest with you. And
1: I have to tell you, my undergraduate degree is in chemical engineering and okay. <laughs> and I never practice as a chemical engineer. And I used to joke with folks that, that chemical engineering is kind of like mathematical plumbing or plumbing with stainless steel. But having said that, I really like to go and look at breweries uh-huh. just because it harkens back to my old university days. I like oh, yeah. to go and look and go like, okay, I can see how this is working. And and, uh-huh. and, it, and it's cool in that way. I, I do like that. But Also, just the fact that you're, and then you're sitting in the midst of all that. There was one time I was here in Chicago, a place called Old Irving Brewery, and I was just standing at the half wall that was separating the tap room from all the equipment. I was just standing there, and the brewer just—it was a light day, it was a quiet day. Brewer saw me, and he's like, "Hey, you want to come back and look?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And so, (laughs) we're walking around, and then we walk up to one tank. I think it was probably a settling tank or a you Mm -hmm. know break tank. And he just like reaches down, pulls up a couple of plastic cups or glass or tasting glasses or something. It just opens up the sample port and goes here, fills them two up and then closes it, sprays it down with uh, sanitizer, wipes it down again to keep everything clean. And then obviously no carbonation and it's Mm -hmm. still settling a little bit. But that's not an experience you're going to get anywhere else.
0: No, no, that's nice. I had a very similar experience, actually, at one of the new local breweries that's opened up here in Reading that I've become quite friendly with called Crafty Cats. And they're brewing in a barn, quite frankly, a very old building, right? You know, Mm -hmm. as stables, I guess you'd call it. I literally went round this brewery and they've got four or five vessel a couple of FVs, a couple of tanks and we tasted each of them basically you know took me around there and, and we started actually with the finished beer and we mm-hmm. were sort of getting you know and then he said well now taste this and taste this and taste this and you know literally we got you know we're getting right back to the, the last one we tasted was literally it was the first time i've ever tasted that what i can only describe as a sort of a su- overwhelming smell of that you get in a brewery mm-hmm. you know so you walk yeah. in a brewery and then you can just picture that smell that was what this liquid tasted like. And I've never tasted anything quite like it before. It was, you could, so you could kind of tell it was a beer. It wasn't just yeast with water and sugar in it. You know, you could tell right. that there was some beer stuff going on in there, but it was essentially just a plastic glass of yeast water, basically. But it was a really interesting experience. And I enjoyed that process. And I'll go back there again to do it again, because it's just fun to see the progress of, yes, this is nearly a beer. This is actually a beer. And this is a long way still from being a beer. <laughs> but yeah, it's all good.
1: So how do you plan
0: your... It's all driven through Google for me, really. (laughs) I mean, I might have some idea based on previous reading or whatever about some big name places that I want to visit in a particular city. But beyond that, I'm just going to Google first of all. So I'll plot a Google map for the city, but I'll start just searching just in the Google web client for tap rooms and craft breweries and that typically gives you lists of tens and tens of results for even for modest sized cities and then so I'll, I'll go ahead and plot all of them no, i won't look at them other than just to click through and plot it on my map so i'll plot everything on the map and i'll end up with 50 60 maybe even 100 pins on the map and then i'll start clicking through them to have a look click through to the website to look looking you know, has it got a tap room does it look interesting what are the hours pretty quickly i'll go to untapped and look at the average brewery rating and this really makes brewers cross how much i rely on untapped for, for kind of because <laughs> i had this conversation a load of times on the podcast with them but i do rely on brewery ratings on untapped and i find them very reliable quite frankly if a brewery's got an average rating of anything close to four then i mean obviously it's a massive generalization to say whatever they brew but most of their beers are going to be great if the brewery rating is anywhere close to 3.5 it's going to be very mediocre at best Mm -hmm. and somewhere in between is where most people land based there aren't very very many brewers with over four so 3.6 it's mm, 3.8 yeah it's good brewery 3.9 it's a terrific brewery four is a great brewery and so I'm looking for those 3.8s and 3.9 average brewery ratings. Those are the ones I'm going to focus in on. But having said that, I'm then going to look for districts where I can do a route on foot. Mm -hmm. And so I want to find somewhere where I can get to fairly easily on public transport, hopefully, and then string together three or four or five I don't just want to go to one place I want to bounce around it's the fear of missing out the great place by only going to one so I want to find the district with the heaviest density of tap rooms and if I can then be selective and say well you know which are the 3.8s and which are the 3.5s and I'll do that but I'll probably end up going to the, the district where I can walk from one to another, maybe with four or five, 600 yards in between, ideally. So you can sort of get a little bit of sobering uptime, but it can be a mile or more between, you know, probably not much. I wouldn't want to do much more than a mile between tap rooms because then you're out for a hike rather than a, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or a stagger. I mean, yeah, a stagger. Um, yeah, well, it's so, as, as it ends up, yeah,
0: yeah. But that's what I'm looking for, really, is that district where I can walk from one to another and really make an afternoon of it and, um, yeah, or an evening.
1: You know, it's interesting, and this may be a difference between the UK and the US, is mm-hmm. that a lot of times in the US, a lot of the interesting places are a bit out of the way because they're in light industrial
0: Areas. They are, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and kind of which keeps down the density.
0: So you'll well, it find keeps the cost group... down as well, of course, isn't well, it? This, exactly, is, why, this right? is why they're there,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's it, exactly. But, mm. I mean, and that's really why they're there, right? I mean, you, you, mm. I can think of a number of places. And There's something about craft breweries and car shops that, um, or car repair shops. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I just keep thinking about actually a number of them. Um, in the Chicago area, where one place where I've been going to a lot, a place called Solomoth, and it's out in the West suburbs, out in, uh, out in Naperville. And I mean, it's back tucked in, in this light industrial park behind another car dealership. Okay. And when you pull in, I mean, basically there's, and it's the whole roll up the door sort of thing, but all their neighbors are car repair shops mm-hmm. or car chop shops and paint shops and right all this stuff. And then here's this craft brewery mm-hmm. with a tap room and now starting to spill out into the parking lot. That seems to be a thing, which does make the walking a little bit of a challenge
0: (laughs) as much as i rely on google maps and i do completely i mean i honestly don't know how we ever traveled before google maps and particularly the ability to plot your own personal google maps in order to facilitate tours but i rely totally on google map on my phone to plot my route but I can't tell you the number of times I've been walking down what looks like a very unpromising light industrial road, or maybe even more decrepit than that. And you start thinking, "Well, is, am I really on the right? It can't, can't be a brewery down here. No, I've obviously gone wrong. I've got to turn back. It can't be down here." And it always is. You just got to keep going and trust the map, and it, you always get there. But so many times I've thought, oh, now this time I've really gone wrong, you know. There
1: was this one time in Paris, of all places, and this was back 2017 or something like that. And Irene had spotted this place. What was the name of it? I But it was Deck and Donahue. Good. And and it's like, and it's only open, it was only open like Saturday afternoons from like, I don't know, like 11 to 3. You know, hate to truck and stereotypes, but a fairly French sort of random <laughs> That's what, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to go check this out. So we get on the Metro, we go out we make a couple of, couple of connections. We come up out of the Metro and we are in, I mean, we're not in like the third arrondissement anymore. Right. I mean, we <laughs> are, it is like us and what looked like a lot of North African folks in a shopping district. I mean, nothing wrong with that, but it's just but- like, okay, this is interesting. And back to your same point it was like, okay, where does Google Maps say that this taproom is? It's like, well, according to Google Maps, it's like across this semi kind of knocked around playground and then, you know, around these apartment buildings. So like, okay, let's give it a go. And sure as hell, I mean, there it was. And we were like walked in and then there were all these folks and <laughs> yeah. it was like hipster central, like, yep. oh my God, how did, how did this happen?
0: But to that same point as well, I've got a terrible habit of, looking at my google map and i'm doing this walking route and i think i know where i'm going and then i see an area of green on the map like it's waste ground or whatever and i think well if i just cut across there that's going to save me half a mile of following these streets and so i you know i'll always take the shortcut and the number of times that's got me in trouble i mean you know you can't you either end up in waist deep brambles or you know a boggy area or you know you end up at the other side of the waste ground with a Eight foot high fence that I can't climb, so you then got to re- come back the way you've been, and you know, and it's I just I always do it, and sometimes it works out, but then many many times it doesn't. But I just can't I can't resist the shortcut.
1: Well, and so it got me thinking about the number of times that going to tap rooms, like search them out, and then going out to them has taken me to parts of town that. I would not normally go. I mean, it gets you out of, it busts you out of what I've called in the past, kind of like you know the travel bubble or the tourist route so you know back to this thing at paris like if i hadn't gone there right i mean there were no tourists there i mean right. it was just like if we hadn't gone there you would never go there that that section otherwise it was actually pretty cool walking on the street yeah. and seeing down the high street and not the shopping street and seeing all the different stuff and then we ended up cutting away but otherwise right i mean you know you go to paris you're stuck live and Eiffel Tower yeah. and, right you're stuck in like the close around the spots. maybe you break out to the Latin Quarter right but I mean yeah. other than that that's it right and so yeah. and I think about here in Chicago when I did a YouTube video on mm. oh okay you land in Midway and here yeah. are four places you go you would never go to those neighborhoods if you right. weren't looking mm-hmm. for those tap rooms.
0: I've been to a few places where I probably shouldn't have been in search yeah. of tap rooms. I can remember once in Baltimore, where I ended up probably in a slightly down on its luck neighborhood, let's call it that for one for of a better turn of phrase. And you know, that's you start to think, well, maybe is there a tap room down here? And maybe I shouldn't perhaps be wandering this district. I don't know. But I do what I do know, when I'm in the US is I can always break out my British accent. And that, you know, it doesn't matter how threatening the bad guys look, as soon as I hear I'm from the UK, they immediately become unofficial tour guides and, you know, they're in the right direction and give me advice and make sure I'm enjoying my visit to their city. And it's an extraordinary experience. It's overwhelming that level of hospitality that we always get from Americans. And it's not an exaggeration to say that I don't think I could find myself in any part of any city where that didn't work. And it hasn't happened yet anyway. So pr- probably once too many, I'll push that luck too far and it'll, <laughs> it's worked so far anyway.
1: That's a good plan. The other thing that I'm doing, because I'll use untapped a lot too. And especially if I'm saying a business trip or like a quick trip. And I've done this a lot of where I'm sitting around maybe the second day or the third day. And now I'm just like, I've worked my way through the hotel bar. And yep. and anything that's Which doesn't close take around, very long. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, and anything close around is like, okay, I'm looking for something new, and I just find it to be a very good resource. I just like pop it open, look at the map, and then you can see yep. around, and then I'll Where's you know, the hit on,
0: venues. yep you know, get yeah, or some hit on it and, on, and yeah. see.
1: Yeah, what are what are people drinking? A, are they drinking there? So from an opening standpoint, yeah. and then what are they drinking? So even if there's not a menu, you kind of start to get a feel to your point yeah, you start to get a definitely. feel of what's what's gone there.
0: but i do think that having said how much i rely on technology and preparation um i will always if i get the chance to engage in conversation with the guy behind the bar or sort yeah. of fellow drinker is is say where's good you know what's yes. new where should i go next is the yeah. way that i would often phrase it and That's worked out really well for me a few times because there's quite often somewhere new. This is the wonderful thing about this craft beer scene is is places are opening up every week, every month, everywhere. So it doesn't matter how diligent your preparation is. If you're doing it a few weeks before you travel, you're probably not aware of the hot new place that's just opened up down the street. And so I can think of one particular example when I was in New Jersey, where I was referred to a bar called the Bradley Brew Project, which is at Bradley Beach. It's just down from Massbury Park, oh, Esbury is, Park? Uh, Bruce, yeah. uh, Bruce Springsteen's beachfront place. And so, yeah, just down from there, it's um, Bradley's place called Bradley Beach. And this brewery literally just opened up that week in a little, just a like a high street retail shop front, just a small uh, retail unit. Absolutely fantastic. I got down there, it was packed. You know, I just managed to sort of squeeze in at the bar and straight into a flight. And the beers were amazing. And this place had obviously I don't know where the brewers had come from, but they hit the ground running. I was there the first week, and it was a great vibe in there just because everybody was really excited that this was the hot new place that had just opened up. And I would never have found that without asking people where to go next. And so I think that's always something that that you should do in as much as you can be brilliantly prepared as well.
1: I think when you go to a tap room, either people across the bar, either the brewer or the servers are going to be into it and very intelligent about the beer. As much as typically the people sitting next to you at the bar... So, mm. you know, both across the bar, but uh, beside you, they also, they, you know, they're kind of like you. So they, mm. they figured it out too. And then they came and said, Oh, so I've done that a lot where it you know, would just mm. be sitting, especially if you're if you're traveling by yourself and you're just sitting there by yourself and, and typical to light up that conversation, you know, in the, you know next to you. And yep. was like, oh, okay. Well, Hey, what else should I try?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Most of the tap room, Visits I've certainly done in the US, I've been on my own because it's mm-hmm. always been with business trips. And yeah. that suits me just fine, actually. It sounds terrible. You know, I'm, I'm a relatively sociable person most of the time, but I am completely happy to visit a tap room on my own. If I'm traveling on my own, I can't think of where I'd sooner be than in a tap room. And being there on your own means you're not needing to please anybody else as long as, how you know, as far as how long you're going to stay there, what you're going to drink. It sounds terrible to say that I want to please myself. There is quite a lot to that, that if you're having a big afternoon in tap rooms, I don't want to have to negotiate with my companions to say, are we going to move on? Are we going to stay? What about, you know, no, I want to do that. I want to make those decisions for myself. <laughs> so
1: back from a planning standpoint, I mean, a lot of DIY between, and I think you're right. I think the main tools on Google maps and then doing those Google searches and you know, quite honestly, a lot of times what I'll end up doing is looking for places that've got a unique twist. Right. And so when I went to San Diego, like one of the things I want to do is go to white labs, right. which is not a brewery, but it's a yeast manufacturer. Cause they were doing, Oh, here's they were doing split batches. Here's an IPA. We're doing it with this yeast and we're doing it with that yeast. And that was interesting. I won't say actually the beers weren't great. But it was more interesting than great. Yeah, it's um, a unique experience, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And then there are some other places like when I was um, when we were in Tucson. I ended up searching out this one place because they were doing they were brewing a lot of their beers with very local ingredients. Mm-hmm. So like wheat from northern Arizona, which I didn't know Arizona made any wheat. So that was interesting. Yeah. Those <laughs> sorts of things. Some of the places in. Michigan or Wisconsin will do homegrown hops and stuff like that. So, right. yeah. so yeah, a lot of times I'll start off with untapped with Google. And then as I drill down, I'll look for something interesting uh, that gets me out of that usual suspects and yes. the usual three IPAs, two stouts and a wheat beer kind of yep. uh, in a, a tap lineup. That's the kind of the DIY span. And and I know rob that you're doing with this week in craft brewing you guys are are launching tours like good lord willing and covid don't rise yeah Um, (laughs) but you guys are going to take a crack at this on true tap room tourism how do you put that together how does that work
0: well i've been lucky enough to travel pretty frequently to the east coast of the u.s from the uk for business trips over the past particularly over the past 10 years but but really over the past 25 years less frequently. And so I've always been comfortable with traveling in the US. And in the last few years, I've become comfortable traveling, basing my travel around tap room visits, quite frankly. And so I've been doing business trips where, yeah, I have some business meetings, but really what I'm doing is trying to plan my schedule. So I'm in the right place at the right time each evening to visit the tap rooms that I want to visit. And so I've become quite familiar with the tap rooms most of the way down the East Coast, actually, in the major cities and places in between. And so on the back of that, I actually put together a tour for friends last summer that in fact you were booked to come on weren't you yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) to Trillium and Treehouse and Two Roads and, and one or two other places in the Massachusetts Connecticut region south of Boston and sadly that didn't happen because of COVID of course but that was a tour that I actually did myself the previous summer, actually with my son, when we were touring around some um, some of the East Coast colleges that he was considering looking at. And so I know how fabulous those places are. And it seemed to me that that would be a pretty good tour to put together for a few days, a long weekend, basically. So we were going to do it with friends last year. It didn't happen. Since then, I've got my this week in craft beer side project for myself and my cousin we publish a weekly newsletter every monday which is sent out by email no trees are harmed in the production of our newsletter and we do since last summer a weekly podcast and so i've been interviewing brewers since the beginning of july every week so we just think we just published episode 39 so i'm getting into the flow of doing a different interview with a uk craft brewer each week and so In conversation with the brewers, I started to float the idea with them, um, not actually in the interview, but either before or afterwards when we're wrapping up and finishing off the beer and whatever. You say to them, I'm thinking about this idea of putting together tours to the US. Does that sound like something you'd be interested in? And so on the back of a few of those conversations, I started to figure out that what we could do is actually promote it with the brewer and not just promote it with them but basically sell it to the brewer's customers effectively mm-hmm. and have the brewer come on the tour so the gimmick is you're booking on to a small tour party a minimum mm-hmm. six maximum of 12 tour participants and the brewer's coming from your favorite presumably local craft brewery and you know i'll be there as well to be the tour guide and we'll put together a schedule where we're going to visit hopefully some amazing tap rooms and some of the top breweries on the planet from our perspective at least places like Trillium and Treehouse in Massachusetts or we've put together a tour to Brooklyn going to places like Other Half and Grimm and mm-hmm. Finback, some amazing breweries in Brooklyn we've got an itinerary going to Miami visiting places like Jay Wakefield and Tripping Animals and Unseen Creatures so some amazing <coughs> breweries in Miami so We started to figure that we could actually put together a long weekend tour to these places with the brewer and what I'm planning to do, and this is all still sort of a work in progress, but as long as we can actually make this happen this summer, we've got dates in the diary and tours announced, but we're not actually booking anybody onto these tours yet because we can't be sure we're going to be able to travel. So it's a little bit uncertain, but I think in the next month or so, it's going to become clear if this is doable this year or not. But the idea is that we will be reaching out to the brewers that we're planning to visit with... message that says look i'm bringing a tour party from the uk it's been led by the owner of this you know one of the leading uk craft brewers they want to come to your brewery we'd like to bring our group to your brewery when we get to you can we have a meet the brewer session can we have a tutor tasting with you you know we'd like a private table please and we want to have a unique curated experience at your tap room and yet to figure out exactly how well that's going to land as a request but it seems what you know from what i know about how brewers react to being visited by other brewers usually they get the red carpet out brewers are very hospitable they love yeah. it's almost like a private members club you know one brewer yes, is another exactly. brewer and, and they're they're made a, a supremely welcome so i'm hoping that we can leverage that to say look we're bringing the brewer and his eight best customers. We're flying from London to come and do this. When we get to your tap room, we'd love to have a curated experience. And then we'd move on to the next place and the next place and the next place. And I think we can put together a pretty killer five-day, four-night tour where we visit two tap rooms a day and have a fantastic curated experience at each one. Yeah, it's. I'm really think, excited by it. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I think that's an interesting play, right? And especially with, I think your point about Bringing you know bringing a uk brewer with you i mean two things right that uk brewer gets a great experience also yeah. and then you're right i think it's that's a little bit of the keys to the kingdom and, and uh, because brewers into other breweries i think chefs into other restaurants it's that same thing it is it is a secret handshake it is the brotherhood right and so like definitely you you, yeah. you Pay, treat each other, you, you treat each other well.
0: So I've spent a massive amount of time thinking about this and planning it and trying to figure out the angles and the details. And I'm just, I, I feel like I've been in a state of permanent suspension for the last 12 yeah. months. We thought we could do this last year. We're sure we can do it at some point this year. I'm just not sure when. So we've got dates in the diary starting in July running through to October in partnership with six UK breweries, We've got seven tours scheduled so far, but I think we could do quite a few more, but we're just not, don't really want to get too far down the planning and sort of the commitment levels until, until we know that this is going to be doable for this year. Yeah, but that'll be
1: great. I can see that working well, both for like the full contact beer geek, and as well as somebody who's not as into it. And so they want a curated experience. They want somebody yeah. to take my hand and walk me through it a bit.
0: Some people would say, well, it's a long way to come for four days, which it is. You know, you wouldn't necessarily fly across the Atlantic for four days. You might, because not everybody's got more than a long weekend weekend to spare in terms of time but what I'm hoping is people will plan a longer vacation around it yeah. probably for the most part so you'll go and you know you spend a week in Boston area or whatever New York and then you'll join our tour for for a few days at the start of the finish of your trip so I think it's not we're not expecting people to travel as a group from a flight perspective in fact we're not actually booking flights so we're only we're just scheduling the hotels the, the beer experiences the transport on the ground and everything the logistics but we're, people will organize their own flights and'll we'll, the tour starts and finishes at the destination airport effectively
1: people may be booking a business trip around it right and they're like oh okay well let me let me hang out so that I could certainly imagine
0: the, doing such a thing myself yeah in the previous <laughs> the, years. Whole, the whole
1: whole <laughs> The whole leisure thing, which I hate that word, right? Business leisure travel oh. becomes—I don't know how you cram beer into leisure, but
0: I mean it's, it's kind of getting around it, right? <laughs> too many vows. Yeah, it's way too many. Too many bees. So, from a running tours perspective, my passion is the US. It's not, mm-hmm. not yeah. hard to see that. So, I, all things being equal, I'd sooner take tour parties to the US than Europe. But I think there's quite a lot of really interesting places in Europe where you could run a really credible tour as well barcelona is an obvious place mm-hmm. which is a really nice tourist destination some really good craft beer there obviously any amount of german cities if you want to go and do the german beer experience not really so much to my taste but yeah. you could do some really good plate you know cologne would be a good place to go for example oh, yeah. and got munich obviously so there's a ton of places and then you get to scandinavia so the only place in europe where we're running a tour this year is copenhagen i saw uh, that and
1: we were we did copenhagen a couple of years ago and mm. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Just oh. like very cool beer places there.
0: Absolutely. But, you know, you could equally go to Stockholm and, and have yeah. as equally good of a time. And Gothenburg as well in, in yeah. Sweden is also terrific. And Helsinki is also becoming a really good destination, I think. So... So we did the, Andrew and I, my son and I did huh. the Baltics. And Yeah, and I can remember, this, a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 this
1: was like, it was actually, it was uh, fall of 2019. But the funny thing was that we did Latvia, Estonia, and uh, Helsinki.
0: Right.
1: And so what we would end up doing is we would do the, you know, kind of tourism stuff in the morning, you know, right. get up at breakfast, go knock it around, you know, in Tallinn, you know, going and finding the going up on the hill and looking at the big churches and stuff like that, yeah. and then basically working our way, knocking around and find lunch. And then, like, at about three o'clock, when things start Try up, not to notice, start
0: drinking like, too early on these things, Is a challenge, yeah, isn't it? yeah. exactly. Resist <laughs> <makes laughs> the re- urge to start at 12, yeah. yeah,
1: it makes for a really long, mm. uh, long day and a short day, right? But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we would like to. So we would pack all our tours and stuff in, and then like at about three o'clock, then we would just okay, we're start settling in and just start you know, start drinking stuff. And we did that same thing in, in Helsinki. I think I think we found Estonia was the best mm-hmm. beer place for us because we were in Regal, we started actually started and ended in Regal Latvia for okay. for flight reasons. And I found those beers to be kind of sweet for my taste. But when you think about Baltic porters and stuff like that, it's like, okay, well, this is interesting. I mean, this is yeah. what, obviously what they drink. We were at some cool places and that's on one hand you go like, mm, yeah, not really my gig. But then on the other hand, you kind of go, okay, but they're in business, so this yeah. is what is here. So this must be everybody's gig. And then um, ended up in Tallinn, and then and then in Helsinki. That was good. We, we enjoyed it.
0: The, the only Estonian beer brand that we see in the UK is Poyala. Um, we went to is,
1: we went we yeah. went to their brewery and their taproom.
0: Nice. They do great stouts, don't they? I think in particular. Okay. I think and they're obviously again must be pretty big to have broken out of the local market and got as far mm-hmm. as the UK. But they've got a big reputation.
1: Yeah, that's a very cool, uh, they had a very cool tap room off outside of town near a developing area. So that was very cool. So here's the last thing I wanted to think about, which was best, worst, most unusual kind of tap room experience. I'll, I'll lay one out, which is most unusual since we've been talking about the U.S. and <clears throat> Europe. I'll go completely out of this. And this was, we were in Beijing and there was this great wall brewery, something like that. Uh-huh. And it's back, and they've got this one taproom place back in the Hutongs. And if you've ever been in Beijing in the Hutongs, it's a little bit, I mean, it's narrow alleys. It's the old style houses. It's okay. like, there's yeah. big walls. And so I got Google Maps. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm threading through here. And I'm, you know, <laughs> you look over and here's a courtyard and here's like some family, you know, hanging their wash up and mm. somebody else doing stuff. You feel like you're looking into people's backyards and oh, you're like, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. trying to find this place. And we were like walking around, walking around. We come around and there on the wall is the sign. And it's both in English and in Mandarin. And we tuck in and then it's like, wow, this is very cool. But it, honestly, it took us probably like 20, 30 minutes and peeking into, I don't know, 10 people's courtyards before, nice. <laughs> before we found it. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. No, I don't think I've got one quite like that. Although, my probably my best taproom experience in Asia was in Hanoi, Vietnam. Oh, um, cool. And there's a bar there called the Standing Bar, which I think is by far the most celebrated craft beer bar in probably the whole of Vietnam, actually. It's on two levels on the lakefront in the city, but a nice, really nice location. You can see outside on the terrace upstairs. Great selection of beer. When we were there, they had a comedy night and they'd flown in. It was all English speaking, of course. English speaking comedy acts from a number of different Asian capitals. These guys had flown in for, so you know, it was obviously quite a big kind of undertaking to bring these guys mm. in, and it was it was fantastic. And um, the thing with Hanoi, you know, so Hanoi, there's a big local beer scene in Vietnam mm. where it's called Beer Hoi. Beer is spelled B I A. Beer Hoi is basically lager. Uh, I don't know, 3.5, 3.8%, I think, but served almost ice cold in iced glasses. And so it's drunk extremely, I mean, it's very hot and humid there, of course. And these beer hoy bars are, to say they're on every street is understating it. It's about every third shop front is a beer hoy bar. And they're mostly, they're not, bars in the way that you would recognize that term they're oftentimes it's just little sort of plastic furniture almost in people's almost like the front room on the ground floor you know so you walk in there and you sit down and they're always really tiny because we're obviously taller than the the vietnamese so you sort of got your knees under your chin sitting it felt like actually but i'll tell you what it felt like was going back to to kindergarten where you're going to the parents evening at your school and you're sitting on the tiny chairs that are designed for the for the five and six year olds it was exactly like that these beer hoi bars but it was a good experience drinking beer hoi it's crap beer of course but it was just cold and and, and very refreshing you can drink lots of it because it's very weak but the point is the beer hoy is like goodness knows 20 cents a pint something like that it's super super cheap but US 20 US cents equivalent and the beer in the standing bar was quite frankly Western European craft beer prices and and then some you know you were paying probably ten dollars plus for a for a pint maybe more than that so th- th- this was a good beer but like they had some good vietnamese beers they had imported beers from a, from around asia so it was a good choice of craft beer as i would recognize that but 20 30 times the price of the of the local beers you know <laughs> and, <so it> was, <laughs> and 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 i can remember bringing it back to the comedy night that several of the comedians were absolutely ripping into the crowd saying you know what are you guys doing here how on earth can you justify paying the price of the beer in this bullshit bar when you could be next door drinking pints of beer you know for with the locals for 20 cents a pint you know it's ridiculous (laughs) you should be ashamed of yourselves and and we're absolutely right (laughs) it's a good experience
1: i remember again keeping in asia i remember uh when we went to uh, on a family trip to to japan and andrew and i were at some beer place some beer bar i want to think it was like Osaka or something and we uh-huh. sit down and we're drinking and there's a Japanese guy and he's we're just sitting next to him we start talking we found back then and this is probably what maybe uh, six years ago. I actually found that a lot of Japanese folks would, would just like start up conversations with us. Really, really nice people, but they also wanted to practice their English. And I was right. like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Cause I have no Japanese to practice. <laughs> so that, <laughs> I was good on that. And so we're talking to him and we're talking to him about beer and stuff like that. Good. Really nice guy. Like, you know, okay. At the end of the night. Hey, take care. Nice to meet you. And I want to think like two days later, we were in this little place in Tokyo and, you know, I mean, every place in Tokyo is little, but I mean, it, you know, we walked in, I mean, you you, you look at uh, the tanks are right there. We walk in and there's the same guy and his wife. And he's like, <laughs> Oh my God. Now he recognizes us before we recognize him. Obviously his angle is we're sticking out a little mm-hmm. bit more than, than the Japanese, but it's like, Hey, and so we start talking we start talking to his wife of course then now we got to get pictures together and the whole routine but it was just <laughs> like it was such a it's a small world yeah in um, a city of whatever 10
0: 15 million or whatever token. it's huge no, right so i mean it,
1: how yeah. in the hell yeah. do you run into like the same and two different cities in a couple of days but i guess you know yeah no, who knows that was
0: pretty i cool. can't imagine that i've got an anecdote for you actually from atlanta mm. which was this kind of illustrates the absurdity of my planning and and once i get a plan in my mind i have to execute it so I'd done my Google map. I, I did a business trip to Atlanta. And so it was still pretty warm anyway. It was yeah. it might have been even it might have been early September. That's a not even really, uh, you know, it's a late summer, let's call it. And so I did my business meeting on the Friday. And uh, the colleague that I was with, my technical brains for the meeting, came over and he flew back on the Friday afternoon. Of course, I'd arranged to fly back on the Sunday because that's what I do. And so you justify it by saying, well, you know, you stay the Saturday night. The airfare is less than half the price. So you can pay for an extra couple of nights in the hotel for me. And you're still coming out ahead in the deal and I'm going to go and do two days craft beer drinking for a flight home so anyway that was the plan so I had a big plan laid out for Saturday afternoon and I was going to head up to the uh, slightly to the northwest of the center of the city and I can tell you the tap rooms because I've actually I did a bit of prep for this conversation you'd be pleased to know Mark and so I started out at a brewery called Scofflaw and went from there to Second Self and then to Steady Hand and then to the one that you've probably heard of which is Monday night was the was mm-hmm. where I ended up and so those four that was four breweries four tap rooms probably about up to a mile in between them, maybe the first couple were perhaps two thirds of a mile and then i think the last two was probably best part of my it's a good walk you know i'd probably yeah okay i was gonna say I'm, in,
1: I'm impressed with that knowing atlanta yeah i it mean was i'm all surprised fine. you found sidewalks between.
0: it was door. pretty yeah i can't remember what to be honest with really, because i was drinking <laughs> so i don't know what the, i don't know what it was like underfoot but what i do know it was absolutely pouring with rain the entire afternoon so i had a completely inadequate rain jacket with me and an even more inadequate folding umbrella the type that's kind of yep. sc- folds down to a, you know really it, tiny it, it, you can it, fit in yeah. your travel bag yeah, yeah so right. so i had that with me so it was fine you know so i set out yeah. and i wasn't going to let the rain stop me doing my tour of the tap rooms because i'd been planning this out and i knew what time to you know so i wanted to get to the first one as it opened and do a couple of flights and move on and move on anyway so they all planned and so I headed out and got absolutely drowned. My um, my pathetic little travel umbrella blew inside out about a hundred yards to the first walk before I'd even got to the first sat room. I think I got off, I think I've got a, Got the train out there, I think, and, you know, got Mm -hmm. off the train. Yeah, probably, the subway. um, Umbrella inside out, threw that away. Got completely drowned. Got to the first tap room. But because it was pretty warm, quite funny, it wasn't cold, you know, and I dried out, hung hung the jacket up, dried out, had had my flight, whatever. Back out into the rain, got drowned again. I actually found a place where I could buy another umbrella, which lasted about 25 yards before that (laughs) turned inside (laughs) out. And so I threw that away as well. And I just got drowned again and dried out and had a great time and you know and everybody thought i was a crazy idiot for you know the, the tap rooms weren't very busy that's for sure you know so every yeah. place i got to i was made really welcome because i'd made the effort to go there in the pouring pouring rain and uh, yeah terrific afternoon I none the worse for it i didn't <laughs> didn't catch any uh, fevers or whatever and then uh, no, i had a, had a terrific time and i would do that again for sure that was a really fun afternoon and you know so what it's a bit of rain it's a hot steamy afternoon
1: there was one time again you talk about doing this is- trips and this was I was in Mm mid-Jersey so not at the shore like you were but like in the middle of you know in the belly of the beast so to speak like New Brunswick in that sort of yeah you know we're just a couple of guys with me and we're we're doing work and ran out the menu at the Marriott and said all right we're gonna go do something and I found this place Demented Brewing and I Mm -hmm. found it on Untapped Mm -hmm. and so we head out there and we're in behind and it's We find it, it's uh, across the street from a window repair shop, glass repair shop, a motorcycle repair shop, but no food, no food trucks or anything said, okay, well, we're going to, we need to lay a base here. And so across the street, a couple of, a couple of doors down was this little place with an El Salvadorian flag hanging out the front of it. And so go like yeah fine so we roll in there just like rock in there and it's some little family restaurant slash bodega thing and we roll in there they look at us like who in the hell are you guys we go we like they got like the menu posted up on the wall it's like pupusas i don't know we're like give us all of them right Please just the like same. give us one of all we're gonna do a flight <laughs> of pupusas and so we just like you know blitz through there They didn't take our corporate Amex card. So like now we're like, you know, struggling with cash, cash cash, you know, putting the (laughs) cash down. It's like, okay, fine. Give me a receipt and then we went back across the street and went to Demented Brewing mm. and 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 it was funny at that time I think they've changed the law, but at that time in New Jersey they had to give you a, yeah, tour. To do a
0: tour yeah oh okay yeah, yeah. so you
1: hit that too you had I've to do been a to tour more places in Jersey than probably anywhere it.
0: else actually yeah it's more, more the
1: only times, place yeah. I've had that Nuts. happen is, Nuts, in, is yeah. in Jersey yeah like oh okay well, you got to do a tour and then once you do the tour then you can have beer at the taproom mm. like Okay, fine. Cool. cool. It was a very abbreviated tour. Through 2018,
0: actually, I was in. So that was when I was going to the US a lot. And I was going to Jersey a lot because I was going to Philly a lot. As you probably know, I'm a poker player. So I I would always, if I got the chance, I'm always going to go and stay a night in Atlantic City. And so I've got my Google map for New Jersey is probably better. Plotted out than uh, the map I've got for any other state in the U.S., and I've been to some fantastic places in Jersey. And I actually watched that policy evolve in 2018, from mm-hmm. the start of the year where they were quite strict about saying, "Yeah, we've got to give you a bit of a tour." And you know, it didn't take long, you know. So you know, here's the fermented vessels, here's yeah, the right, right tanks, yeah. you know, and this is the canning light yeah. Go and sit down. After a while, it got to the stage where they just had laminates printed, where they said. Here's a laminate showing you the map of the brewery. If you'd like us to come and show you any particular feature on this, please let us know. But just otherwise, you can just sit at the bar and look at it while you have your beer. And so they'd obviously sort of figured out that that was sufficient to satisfy the local regulations. But <laughs>
1: that's funny. Well, yeah, you know, we lived in Philly from 88 to 92. And at that time in Philly, the liquor laws were kind of goofy. And that was if you wanted to buy wine or hard liquor, you had to go to. A state-run ABC uh, store, alcohol beverage commission store. Okay, but beer, you could either you would either go to a bar and mm-hmm. buy a six-pack at the bar, or you would go to a liquor distributor and buy a warm case. And those were your two selections. That that and, was how. Uh, you so a
0: warm it. case, as as in at room temperature, they couldn't chill. Yes. Out. Oh wow, right. how bizarre! Yeah,
1: it was, and that's coming yeah. from we moved from Chicago, where literally people piss and moan about having to wait till noon on Sunday to buy beer and alcohol out of the drugstore, the grocery store. I mean, so like completely different sort of thing, but we were actually, we were in Philly in October Mm -hmm. and staying down in South Philly, which is its own unique gig, uh, South Philly is, but hit a couple of very cool tap rooms just in, um, uh, in philly and that was yeah
0: uh, definitely i, I so I a few times i actually stayed in philly in airbnbs actually south mm-hmm. of the downtown area you know a few blocks yeah, so. a few few stops on the subway south of the city center there are <laughs> some really cool places in central philly it's a good craft beer city no doubt it is It is, um, it is cool. one thing i was going to just before we stopped talking about jersey i wanted to ref- uh, just mention to you so i went one of those trips in 2018 i went to a brewery called carton which is on the northern coast of new jersey if you can picture that it's a really nice tap room actually it was a, it was a super atmospheric place you had to actually go upstairs to get to it and it when mm-hmm. you got there it felt like you'd gone down so kind of a strange sort of situation <laughs> i was made really welcome there i had a lovely you know a good few hours in there the only reason i mention it to you is it's become probably my new favorite podcast is run by the owner called his name is orgy carton um, and it's called steal this beer and I don't know if you've ever come across it, but if you don't listen to Steal This Beer, you have to start. They've done 300 or so episodes. It's two guys. It's Augie Carton, who's the owner of Carton Brewery, and uh, a journalist called John Hall, um, which I think is spelled H-A-U-L. I think he used to work for the New York Times, so um, I think that's what they say anyway. But um, the really cool thing about Steal This Beer is they do... Black glass blind tastings each week. Ah. So they invite a guest on each week, and the guest has to bring them two beers, but not their own beers. So they often have a brewery as a guest, a brewer mm-hmm. as a guest, but the brewer has to bring them two beers to taste out of black glasses, blind, obviously, because you can't even yeah. see what color your beer is drinking out of black glass. And then these guys basically dissect the beer and they say, No, this is, you know, we think this is this or it's that. And he tasted this and that. And these are the hops. And Actually, surprisingly often they actually say it's this particular beer from this brewery. I mean, it it stuns me how accurate they're able to... Taste these beers very very refined palate. So they obviously drink too much beer both these guys to be able to do that but really good podcast seriously i can't recommend it too highly it's definitely my favorite beer podcast oh, now cool. still, still cool. this beer yeah
1: i'll have to yeah i'll have to go find that that'll be very cool that'll be <laughs> very cool i like that i actually i like that whole idea of just like really digging in so hmm. digging in and really kind of trying to taste but be it food or be it yeah be it beer and so trying to push down to that next level of um analysis probably too much of the engineering yeah. no, but, yeah, no
0: the, i don't think so i think yeah it's it's there's a lot there isn't there look and and it's easy not to it's easy just to drink beer and enjoy it and not take it too seriously, and you know maybe that's the way it should be done. I don't know, but I, I do respect people that can can actually dig in and say, yeah, this is that, and this is what you know, yeah, this is why impressive. this is good. And, and the really interesting thing is they are often talking about the ABV of the beer, and they say this is fantastic. If it's four and a half percent, this is my new favorite beer. However, if it's six and a half percent, it's only just okay, and if it's seven and a half percent, I'm actually a bit angry with it you know so this is they have a kind of a spectrum where they're trying to guess the abv and you know and they can do that quite accurately but they're also saying what they're looking for is amazing tasting beers at drinkable abvs which is Ah. an interesting sort of perspective on it
1: i have that same sense and actually you know andrew you know andrew and i have that same discussion a lot of times which is like okay this is a great beer this is a great beer at Five, you know, at four and a half or five percent. Yeah. Right. The same beer, if this same beer was nine percent, I'd be pissed off. Right. Because yeah. you kind of like think, you think about it as you're going through the day. And if you're not, if you're just having one, but if you're going to mm. go through a tap room or if you're going to go through. Yeah. A, drink a 9% a beer that takes drinking, a big right?
0: chunk yeah. out of your kind of. Yeah. I mean, you, day, doesn't you've, it? You've,
1: <laughs> right. I mean, you can only metabolize mm. just so, I mean, just so much alcohol in a given time. And so, yeah. and it's both from a, you know think about it from a budget standpoint both from an alcohol budget standpoint and then a caloric budget standpoint yeah, it's sure. sort of like look if i'm if i'm gonna i'll pony up for i'll man up for an eight and a half nine ten you know, f- yeah. you know sometimes 14 percent beer but boy that 14 percent beer better be friggin Least rock star really that's good, yeah. like right i mean <laughs> it ought to blow the top of my head off yeah. but if it's just okay i yeah i'm I'm kind of pissed with it. Yeah, you've, I wasted,
0: like, you've wasted a lot of different things on that beer. You know, you've wasted exactly. money, you've wasted calories, you've wasted alcohol I, units, you've sent yourself closer to needing to go to bed. You know, that's all, yeah. all those things are <laughs> exactly. not good. Are
1: exactly. <laughs> Versus like if I go and and so I'm much more impressed if I get like a really nice tasting beer at like four and a half percent. I'm like, yep. wow, I just like rock. That's an beer.
0: impressive feat of brewing right there. Yeah. It, well,
1: and I think that's your I think that's the thing too. It's a hell of a lot harder to make a great beer at four and a half percent than it is
0: at say
1: seven percent
0: definitely yeah
1: all right well this is good
0: no that's why, right, mark yeah great chatting to you we'll speak again soon no all right we'll catch up soon take care that's right. thanks right, cheers. cheers bye Commencing in July 2021, This Week in Craft Beer will be running meticulously curated long weekend tours to the world's most exciting craft beer cities in partnership with some of the UK's leading craft breweries. Destinations for 2021 will include Copenhagen, New England, Brooklyn and Miami. If you fancy joining a small tour party led by a leading UK craft brewer as we experience a packed long weekend of meet the brewer and tutor tastings at some of the leading craft breweries on the planet. Please pay close attention to our newsletter and website as we make new announcements each week throughout April and May.